Hello, podcast listeners. So when I was probably 26, 27, something around that time, I got my motorbike license and I got as far as a Suzuki uh, DRZ 400, this little kind of, they call them a supermoto. Uh, and it was kind of as cool as I got and as sort of as far as I got down that road before. I sold the bike when we moved down to Melbourne because I didn't like the look of those tram tracks down there. Anyway, on this episode, I get to sit down with Ben Greenwood, who runs a business called 100% Strength in Victoria, where he works specifically with motocross riders and endurance riders, so people who ride motorbikes off-road. Now, the podcast isn't special because it's focusing on motorbikes. It's special because this is uncovering the concept of a super niche business once again. So we've done this a few times now, and you'll be starting to see a pattern and I get really excited by this, and you'll be able to see why in this conversation. So there's a few big takeaways here. One is the integration of personal story into the thing that you're doing. Number two is this concept of super niche, and then we even talk a little bit about uh, content and those sorts of things as well. When you have a specific super niche, it allows you to do more of the things that are working, less of the stuff that doesn't work. It allows you to stop throwing away energy in your business or in your craft or the thing that you're doing. It allows you to get clear and to speak to a particular audience and find more people and connect your tribe. Hope you enjoy the episode. As I said, whether you're in a cafe, you're in a gym, you're in a yoga studio, whatever it may be, this is relevant. Think about the super niche aspect of it and how it relates to what you are doing. Hope you enjoy it. If you get some value from it, feel free to send it to a friend. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up, john at johntmarsh.com. I always love to receive them and I'll get to them on the next episode. This is John Marshall listening to the Access Potential Podcast, episode 57. Okay, we're sitting down to episode 57 of the podcast. We've got Ben Greenwood, who is joining us from 100% Strength, which is really cool. We did a little workshop yesterday uh, on content creation, communications, and some work around video, and got to find out a little bit more about Ben's work and who he's working with and the change that he's making. And I'm really excited for this one because uh, often I talk about this concept of really niching down with the small business and finding your super niche. And this is exactly what Ben's done. And more than that, uh, we also often talk about this concept of personal story and bringing in your personal history to help you to understand or identify where you can potentially niche down most powerfully. And it's that blend of the two that gives you this, often this position to be really confident and powerful in where you're showing up and know exactly who you're speaking to. So we're just going to have a conversation around this today and hopefully create some value for those of you who are uh, either early on and looking to find that niche or you're already, you know, carving your own path, doing your own thing and wanting to perhaps resonate a little bit more powerfully with a particular group to get that traction that you might not be feeling at the moment. Thanks for, um, firstly, thanks for coming up, you know, making the drive. And secondly, for creating the time Sunday morning, seven o'clock for a podcast. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you putting the time aside on your Sunday morning too. Oh, sure. no. Anytime for a great conversation. So um, maybe give us, I often start with personal story. It's interesting. It gives us some back, 
you know, sort of background, like yeah. give us a little bit of context. Um, the cool thing is with the podcast, like I get to meet so many different people, probably more of the audience uh, are probably from the New South Wales area and kind of East coast. Yeah. So give us a bit of background around your story and, and how things have led for you to be where you are today. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in Northeast Victoria in a little place called Benalla and live in Yakandanda now, which is just up the road, still in Northeast Victoria. Yeah. So I was originally a plumber by trade. Yeah, right. Um, so I left school, became a plumber and um, raced motocross and off-road pretty at a pretty high level um, for most of my life. And that I guess that was my passion. That was my hobby. Were you doing that like at five and six years old like they do? Like uh, I wasn't racing at five or six. I started racing at nine yeah, when right. I was nine. Pretty so young. pretty young, yeah. yeah. had a bike when I was five yeah. for my fifth birthday. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that became like as I got older, like 18 to 20, 21, that became like like my thing that I did. It was yeah. the one thing that I was kind of good at, I suppose. Um, so yeah, started getting right into the racing and got some, got some pretty good results racing, but I was never like at the top. I was kind of like, there was the guys that were winning and then I was like a little bit of a step below them. Yeah. Like I got some top 10 results in national events, which was yeah. awesome. Um, motocross in off-road, off-road yeah. yeah. At the Hatter desert race. It's like a big, one of the biggest off-road events in Australia. Yeah. Um, so had some really good results at that race, some great results at a state level in Victoria in their off-road series. Were you getting sponsorship and like bit of coverage and stuff like that? A little bit, it? just locally, like from a shop. Yeah. Like you'll have like your local dealer that supports you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important because like when you're that age and you're picking up any support, it's it, it's a super big deal. Like your yeah, your yeah. mindset, like you get that, that sort of boost, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess that's now learning what I've learned about mindset now, that's where I lacked. Yeah. I never believed that I was a pro, like yeah. that identity thing, like it was always them and me. Yeah. I was like a step below them. Um, so I never really, I never trained properly, never ate very well. All those habits just never really aligned with, with me getting any better. Um, but essentially like when I got to the end of my, like once I got, to nearly 30, um, I start like my health started to suffer. Yeah. I got like my back started playing up. So never, it's, there was, I had no, no guidance training wise or nutrition wise. Um, so my back started to play up. That was like the first thing that, that I guess a bit of a red flag that started to pop up. Mm. So that's when I first started getting into a little bit of strength training. Um, and then at a pretty similar time, we decided that we we're going to have kids or try to have kids, Yeah. Um, which at the time you kind of think that's going to be easy. We'll just get pregnant and away yeah. we'll go. Um, that wasn't the case. Like it took us over two years to get pregnant. Uh, we couldn't even fall pregnant. Like there's no miscarriages or anything. Just wouldn't even, yeah. couldn't even um, get over the line. So <laughs> we um, that started off. We went to a naturopath, got our blood work done. And that's when I found out that I was actually pretty unhealthy. Like yeah, my, right. I was pre-diabetic. Like my fasting blood sugars were through the roof. Um, my inflammation markers were all really high. Um, so that, looking back now, like that was a really challenging situation at the time. 
but it's probably been that was like probably the turning point for me doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, like that was that was ten years ago now. What did that look like for you, lifestyle wise? Like just so we get a snapshot. Like, is this sitting on the couch eating like no. macas or like? Hey, what did that look like? Well, that, that, that's the thing. Like, I thought I was healthy. Yeah. I thought I was, like, I was leaner than I am now. Yeah. I was, like, super lean, doing shitloads of cardio, riding my motorbike every other weekend. So, if you looked at me, you'd say, shit, he's, like, he's ripped, he's healthy. But I wasn't. Like, my body was cooked, essentially. Yeah. I was just eating the standard, standard diet of, like, high carbs. Yeah. Not, like, I wasn't smashing junk food or anything like that yeah. but like it just yeah like cereal for breakfast sandwiches for lunch so high carb low fat low protein um over training you're like overcooking yourself a bit as well definitely in a calorie deficit yeah. massive calorie deficit yeah knowing what i know now about nutrition again like i was not getting enough calories and just smashing myself and sleep was very poor too like i was working 60 70 hours a week yeah <clears throat> i was like supervising a business so i had like 10 blokes underneath me yeah plumbing yeah yeah it's funny like i know this isn't the main thing for the podcast but uh it, it resonates with me in some of the past when i was in the, the triathlon pretty heavy yeah and um you can exist at a certain weight looking a certain way Mm. in this huge caloric deficit and your body will actually maintain muscle mass and maintain the structure because the repeated habit is telling the body it needs that yeah. structure to do the thing yeah like the task so it holds on to it so you think everything's great and you're not eating that much and life is life is merry and then all of a sudden like shit hits the fan yeah and you you have this chronically stressed state yeah and you could have been eating eating okay but just not enough food for a long yeah. enough period of time and yeah. it just like explodes. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's similar to me. It hit me real bad. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, the body, it's cra it is crazy. Like the body's super resilient. It looks for, great. For a period of time, but then there's going to come a point where yeah. enough's enough. And But you would think it would, it would strip like muscle mass away and it would start to like yeah. deplete physically and you wouldn't be able to complete the tasks. Yeah, yeah. But I found you could still train hard and still lift weights and still almost perform. So on paper, it really looks like nothing's going on, but then it will show up mental, emotional, or it'll yeah, show yeah. up in some other place, or yeah. physiology, some other way will just crash. Yeah, um, you would, you know, it makes it doesn't make that much sense that it would preserve the task, but it seems like a lot of people I talk to they can still race. Yeah, yeah. but like something else is off. Yeah, you know yeah weird so okay cool so then did that like you know keep going did that flip you down the health road like it it did yeah like obviously it's it's a progressive journey but that that essentially started me off i was like well if i'm active i'm like lean as anything i'm fit why like that i just asked myself why am i not healthy like I should be, I thought I was healthy. Yeah. Why, why am I not? So that I just started asking myself that question. And obviously the first place I looked was nutrition. Like that's where I, I pretty quickly figured out that probably got to be what I'm eating. Um, then I also started to learn about stress, etc. I was had a hot, like, high school. Like I said, I had 10 blokes underneath me, not getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. 
so that was my other big thing was stress as well mm. which the nutrition was of course is a stress but that's just started me off down that journey of learning about nutrition health wellness just started to our own podcast as you do yeah um learning about that and it's i guess that's just led me on this journey to where we are now that was like that was when i was 30 then when we actually had darcy our first son that was probably that's definitely the biggest shift like that made me realize i guess like racing a sport you would you would probably know like triathlon you have to be a pretty selfish person oh yeah or any athlete really yeah. like it's it's yeah, all you it's like. com- competitive mindset like yeah. 100%. yeah even people close to you can be feel like they're against you yeah which is certainly not true yeah but yeah so when i when we had darcy started to realize well you know like my purpose on this planet's just a bit bigger than me yeah on my own <laughs> um and then obviously you realize how much they're just watching you like they're watching your every move and they just want to do what you do. Um, so I guess I, I knew that I could, I could do a little bit better for sure. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that was, I guess the other big turning point was when he came along it was for me to, if this little dude's going to learn everything off me, like I want to be able to set a really good example for him. Um, so that's when I started getting into training more and not getting into training more but going down i guess the route the route of becoming a coach yeah and still working in the plumbing i was still working in plumbing at that stage yeah yeah Yeah. so um i i guess i've always had that i've had an idea in my head that i wanted to do something else other than plumbing Mm -hmm. and uh, you never, I never really was very clear on what it was, but it was always something to do with, with motorbikes. Yeah. Um, but I also had that massive, like that negative self-talk in there. It's like, you're not good enough. You can't do it. Blah, 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 blah. All of that. Yeah. So when I first when I did my coaching course through real movement. Yeah. Um, so Keegan's obviously really big on the self-development type. That's where I first got introduced to, self-development um and that's i guess just evolved of me getting clear on what i actually do want and if that story that you tell yourself's not there like you can actually make some progress toward it so yeah it's been like the last five years has been full on for sure (laughs) yeah that's um i've grown a lot um still got a lot to go for sure but um now i've got like a little gym at home. Yeah. Got a hundred square meter gym. Um, so I've got like 17 clients at the moment who train with me in the gym. Um, so most of them are just general pop. A few, a few local guys who ride bikes come and train with me. Yeah. Um, most of my clients are just general pop from our community, from Yakandanda. Yeah. And then like my big thing that I'm trying to work on growing now is my online stuff, which is that's my niche is the motor, motocross and off-road guys that race. Yeah. So obviously, like, I know that I had very little guidance when I was racing and I got to a really high level. Um, so I know I wasn't anywhere near my true potential and people pour, like, tens of thousands of dollars into racing every year. Yeah. Like, back then when I was doing it, I was spending 25K a year. And that was 
10 years ago now. Yeah. So people would be dropping easily that now, if yeah. not more. But they're, like, leaving so much on the table. Yeah. Um, what are some of the pain points that the niche, that the, the person that you work with, the writer, let's say with the online space, what are some of the typical pain points that they go through, uh, you know, from ignoring training, health, whatever, like, you know, you mentioned your back. Is that like the typical That's thing? Like one, what's yeah. the blow up that tends to happen? Back pain's a big one. Yeah. Just that recovery. Like, again, I think it comes down to people like feeling what, what, how you feel is normal. So they kind of expect it. They don't know what better feels like. So they kind of expect when they go for a ride that I'm going to be crushed for two days and I can't, I have to sit on the couch. I can't move. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. Like is the back pain. And then just energy levels. Like it's full, it's probably not that different to a triathlon. Like you operating with your heart it's rate really high, at yeah. threshold yeah. for if you're a motocross rider, like it's 20 to 30 minutes, but you might do three or four of them a day. Yeah. But if you're an off-road rider, they're like two, three, four hour long races. So you're just maxed out for four hours sometimes. Mm. So it's very, very hard on your body. So yeah. most people will go really hard for an hour and then they'll just they hit the wall and start going backwards. So they can't perform at the level they want to perform at for the whole race. Yeah. So they're just not getting the, the results they want to get. Yeah. Um, it's a big thing. Like cardio training is massive in, I think, because lots of people who have, who have come into the training space have like treated them like a triathlete or a, Endur- a cyclist. The whole endurance. So like they just cardio, cardio, yeah. cardio, cardio. Yeah. But we're wrestling like a hundred kilo motorbike around a track. Yeah. So you've got to have a good base of strength. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people still have this belief that this is something I see that a lot of people have this belief that getting strong is going to make them bulky. It's going to make them slower, blah, blah, blah. So they avoid it. Mm-hmm. They don't do strength training. They just do lots and lots of cardio. Yeah. And then that just exacerbates like the back pain, things like that. Like they know mobility is very poor and injuries are like super common. Yeah in our sport so people get injured and then they don't really rehab they don't work on their mobility Mm. so then it just starts this like spiral this downhill spiral of yeah yeah so when you work with someone they come in they're presenting like some of these some of these um problems pain whatever it might be um fatigue what is the online journey look like you know because i think this is this is kind of relevant because a lot of people go oh, i want to run do online coaching i want to do online programming i want to create a business online online service business yeah and it sounds like it's really easy because you got access all the time but you also lose boundaries and when they come into the gym you've got you've got a boundary of the space of the gym and you've got the the person presents themselves so you've got boundaries and constraints in terms of what you're working with and clear like clear direction you know um when it's online it's kind of like it's it's hard because there's no four walls anymore it's like well okay what do we do and you kind of got to create those boundaries so what's that like look like for you how do you take them through how do you start them off 
on that process and how long does it go for? Just flesh it out a little bit so people can kind of understand how you've put it together, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess I've got two different options now and I've just created a new one, which is like a cheaper, a base level version of my program, um, which all of my online clients have access to a, what I call my member site. So I've got, I've made like a ClickFunnels member site, yeah. which has got, it's just got, it's probably got 12 to 15 videos on every, like on mindset, on nutrition, on strength training, on conditioning, recovery, even riding technique, mobility. Like I've just made a ton of content in there. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of laid out to take them on that journey from, like video one to video 12. Yeah. So they initially get access to that. Um, my premium clients, so I'm working with them like a lot closely, like one-on-one. So my base level clients, they just get access to that and their training program and they just work their way through that at their own pace. And is their training program specific to them? Um, a, a template? The, the base level, my base level program, I've got templates. Yeah. So I've got like, five different templates depending on whether they're an, if they're an absolute beginner and they've never strength trained before i've got a template there that teaches them how to squat teaches them how to deadlift um and then i've got like an intermediate one and an advanced one and then in between them i've also got one if they want to train three days a week or they want to train five days a week there's a there's a couple of different options mm-hmm. um i use true coach to deliver the yeah. program so it's really easy to personalize it anyway like if they send We've got contact through that app. If they send me a message and they're like, oh, my ankle's sore, I've tweaked my ankle, like I can just like click, 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 drag and drop a, a different workout that mm-hmm. might give them some mobility exercise. So it's, it's really easy to personalize it in that respect. Yeah. Um, but my, my premium clients, it's fully personalized and we work a lot closer. So I take them through all the, the stuff that's in the member site, like we work going through that content yeah. one-on-one. We jump on the phone once a week. And have a call, have a coaching call, um, and it, it's everyone's on their own journey. So some of my guys are like complete, like training and nutrition's like completely new to them. Yeah. So they're kind of starting at a different point to where someone else might be. Like most of my clients who come to me, and we kind of talked about this yesterday with, I guess with how my my contents, I guess starting to finally not finally, but it's like it's building up and it's. People are, when they come to me, like they're ready, they've already been a little bit on that journey. Mm-hmm. So they've tried, they've started, or they've been training and or they've been working on their nutrition, but they haven't just quite got a dialed right in. So they just want to have the confidence of someone yeah. to give them that, like, I guess, feedback and get everything nutted right out. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess it depends where they're on on that journey, but we we just yeah start at the start we have a coaching call i give them like a massive list of questions at the start to find out exactly where they're at like their history injuries etc etc their schedule when they can train when they can't what equipment they've got Mm -hmm. and then i write them a program um initially like my premium clients that's like a 12-week block we work on 12-week blocks yeah um and we do a heap of testing at the start. So we do strength testing, mobility testing, energy system testing to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. Then we will complete yeah, like a six-week block of training and then we retest everything. Yeah, cool. That's a big thing. I've, I wasn't doing that at the start. I was just 
given them their, their program and we were training. It was great. I found the testing is a really big thing because they actually can see, they know they're getting better. Yeah. So every six weeks we retest everything and they don't always get better in every yeah, aspect, yeah, sure. but if they're not, there's a reason for that. So we come back and we figure out what's going on yeah. and we need to adjust something. But yeah. I find that's been a really good thing for them. Feedback, like a feedback mechanism. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, okay. So this, the, the, the premium I'm sensing just from how you're talking about it, this is the one you're like passionate about kind of driving the next 12 months sort of thing. Like that's the, that's the main baby. That's the one you love or yeah, it is. I guess I've just, I created that other one because I guess a lot of people, I get, I guess for me, like when I was 18, I couldn't afford it. Yeah. This right. premium program. Yeah. Um, so I guess I created the other one for like for a 17 or 18 year old kid. Yeah. Like it's only $15 a week. It's not yeah. a lot of money, but it's amazing value. I think like everything that's in there, if they actually apply it, like they're going to be a hundred percent better than where they are right now. Yeah. Um, are they just this is a thing that popped into my head are they connected laterally are they in a facebook group or they yeah. yep cool. yeah yeah so, yeah so i've got a clients group yeah yeah for and sure. that's like the the um base level as well as the yeah everyone group. together like is in a face yeah, yeah for cool. sure yeah yeah so we yeah i put other content in there every week and they yeah. quite often share stuff in there as well awesome which is really cool yeah talk about the uh training camps as well yeah because i think a lot of times when people do online they have had an experience of online or there's offline and they, we can get biases either way and based on what we've experienced and then you're bringing people together or offering opportunity to get together to go face to face as well like flesh those out a little bit and, and what do they look like are they included or is there something new offering for that same customer segment, like how's that working? Yeah, yeah, well, that's something that I've started doing the last six months, yeah. which has been really awesome. Um, that is probably something worth mentioning. Like I, when I first started doing online training, like I was so freaking naive. I just thought it was going to be so. It's like I thought it'd be so easy. I'll just create this program put out a post to my three followers, which I did, yeah. didn't have, and people would come and train with me. Like, you think, it, I was, yeah, like I said, I was so naive. Obviously, it's a it's a process. Um, it's been a journey. Yeah. I've been doing the online stuff for two years now, and it's finally starting to build up to the point where it's it's actually sort of, I guess it's working, and it's... it's um, providing income and my clients are getting great results mm -hmm. um but a big part of that has been the, the doing the camps in the last six months is my online clients i give them the option to come and train with me for a weekend if obviously if they're in, within driving distance um so i drove 11 hours to get up here for your thing like in the in the racing in the off-road and motocross world they do some big trips you just drive if there's a race 12 hours away you just go yeah like it's not it's not a big deal yeah um so my clients like if, if some of them like one of my clients drove from south australia for the last one yeah um so that was like 10 hour drive for him most of my clients are in victoria so it's not that far from it's like two three hour drive 
but they can come every eight weeks. I run one of them. Yeah. Wow. Um, cool. And they come and we do like the whole a two day training experience. So we do everything we do. We get the big thing is getting them in the gym so I can actually coach them face to face. Like the True Coach app's awesome. They can upload videos. I can coach them on their technique. But as you know, like like contacts, the best way to actually coach someone. So that's really like they get a big benefit out of that in itself is just getting their technique cleaned up on some of the stuff in the gym. Um, But then we we go through everything, go through the mindset stuff. I cook them the food, like teach them about nutrition. Um, We do some breath work in the morning, all that sort of stuff, recovery. And then I've got a little track around my house. Yeah. So we actually, that's what I'm big on is with the strength training stuff that we do in the gym is teaching them and showing them how this particular exercise you're doing in the gym is improving this quality of strength that you use. This is what we need when we ride. It's making us better. Yeah. So when we've got the gym right there and the track, it's really easy to go from the gym. We do our exercises here and then we just hop on the bikes. And like I also like give them a bit of riding technique coaching as well. Yeah. So, and we cross those two over. Yeah. Um, and that's like, been blown up like they're absolutely loving it yeah every one of them i've ran they're like when can we come back like i'll yeah. come back next weekend if you have another one yeah um and it's because they're all i guess they're my clients so they're on that like you say it is kind of like a family like not all of them know each other but they're all invested in themselves getting a little bit better like they're all on different levels some of my clients are like pro level um national riders like top 10 Australian off-road riders. Yeah. Some of my clients are just just clubman dudes who just want to, like, they're sick of having back pain and having poor recovery. Yeah. But they all train together and they're all, they're at a completely different level, but they're still just trying to get a little bit better than where they are now. So amongst them, like, they're having some really good conversations, that environment thing, like. Yeah. Connection, um, making some friends. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. It's it's been a really really, um, it's been an awesome thing that they're absolutely loving, and that's something I'm gonna put put a lot more of my energy into this year mm. to grow that. Yeah, two things jump to mind. One is I think you know, as the audience, the customer, um, people often feel that they can sell the product or service, and we buy that for the information that there mm. is or for. The, the perceived value so like you know if I write a book on how to do something it would make total sense that I could sell that book but if the book's not giving this feeling this experience that I'm transforming in line with the direction that I want to go it's just some information yeah and I think in the online space it's like you know the value of having something for them to get and it maybe it could be served in the online space like a full day a full day online workshop where, you know, something crazy where you hooked up to the zoom all day and then you go and test something on the bike, but some sort of experience to feel like I'm becoming a better off-road rider yeah. or a better motocross rider. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like, you know, the other thing that jumps to mind is like maybe the, you know, we spoke about this yesterday is like capturing the essence of the experience via uh, content video yeah. up close face stuff with these guys who are talking whilst they're meeting each other uh, could leverage the growth of the online 
the standard online client who may never come to one of these things. Yeah. Because I can see the emotional experience in that I can imbibe that. So I'm part of this family yeah, yeah. who are real writers. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, so how does it, you know, for you, how does that feel when you are now, how did that feel to run the first, I mean, cause that would have been a big change running the first camp. Yeah. Well, I did one 12 months ago yeah. last Christmas. Um, so that was, it was awesome. Um, but I guess it's like everything like we talked about yesterday. Like the first thing you do of anything is never going to be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to do the thing to, yeah. to get better at it. So now, um, like I've done four or five of them now. And that one I did last like two weeks ago, it was, it was hundred percent, hundred percent. I could still do better for sure. Like, like everyone on my own worst critic, like there's definitely things I could improve. Yeah. But it just flowed, everything flowed. And even like just what I delivered was 100% better than the one I did. Like I've learned so much this year just in around um, coaching itself and strength training. Mm. So I guess that's what excites me is I know I'm getting better every, and that's what drives me to get better every all the time. So I'm getting better every 12 months. So I know every time I do one of these camps, I'm going to have something more to give them something new to give them mm -hmm. um but it's if it's amazing just to see that interaction between them i guess that's it is awesome that's an amazing feeling because i and i like it, it just i guess it solidifies what i do and that there is a market for it and people actually do want yeah but they they do want to be healthy they do want to feel good they do want to have a solid mindset like it's some of the stuff we talk about is like a little bit woo-woo for some yeah, people, yeah. but yeah. It, when when I see that, when they're they're getting fully involved in it and they're enjoying it so much, it's like, yeah, this is like, there's definitely a place for this. Yeah. For sure. Is there, you know, and this is just something else that popped into my head, if I'm a writer in South Australia, kind of, you know, beginner level, like I've got a normal job, and then I come to one of these camps and I get to hang out with you, uh, do the breath work, do these things, also meet other riders, some who may be pro. So my status, right, my like my my perception of myself, my feeling is gonna be boosted from the experience. Yeah. Do you have a like, you know, metaphorical t-shirt, so to speak? Like are there things that I can show my like, you know, how you've got a real movement t-shirt? Is there ways to be affiliated with 100% strength? Like you building this all into the experience as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do have clothing. Yeah. Clothing. So my my premium clients, like I give them a t-shirt. Yeah. When they sign up, that's one of my things. I send them a t-shirt or, yeah. or a hoodie. Yeah. Cool. When they sign up. Um. So yeah, we do have that. I probably could do a better job of making that available to my base level clients. I suppose. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, just like that, that being part of a tribe that yeah. is just so, such a driver for human, you know, kind of behavior. So yeah, to yeah. Be, to be here. Do you get repeat people coming back to repeated camps? Um, yeah, for sure. Like three of my, oh, four that came to this one two weeks ago um, were at the ones that I did last year, 12 yeah. months ago. So. Yeah, cool. That's and it was really cool to get the feedback off them. Like they said that it was like 
a million times better than the first one and they loved it and yeah they're all raving about it afterwards which was awesome yeah cool so so what's the um what's the next sort of 12 months continue what's the focus continue the premium or both both the online and the camps or yeah the yeah that's the keep growing the online um I've, I've I've got like I've, I was guess I'm like capping my premium clients because it is quite involved like yeah. what I do for my premium clients so I could I, I probably only really would want five more premium clients whereas to my base level I could probably have unlimited mm-hmm. people on that um, so yeah the biggest thing I'm going to work on is doing the running these camps regularly every eight eight weeks at home. But then I'm also going to offer them to um, clubs. So clubs that that have like ten or so riders that want to do a coaching day, um, I'm gonna. I've got my ins- my insurance organised now, so I can do what I do at home anywhere remotely. So I can go to a, a track or a club's venue, and they're fully insured um, for the riding aspect of it. Yeah. So that's what I want to. Um, I'm going to offer that to clubs. Like, there's heaps of people that do riding, riding coaching. From what I've seen, there's very, very little talk about anything else of the, the puzzle. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about nutrition, nothing about the training, the mindset, recovery. Nothing about the string training or the. No, nah, it's okay. just all when you go and exactly. when you go and do a normal motorbike coaching day. It's just okay. This is how we ride the bike. And that's what we do. We ride the bike. <laughs> yeah. It's so that's my big thing, I guess, is, and that's, I guess, how I, when I run that camp, everything I'm telling them is coming back to how it improves us on the bike. So when yeah. we're talking about mindset, this is how it helps. When we're talking about hydration, when we're talking about mobility, every single thing we're doing, I'm like tying it into how it improves us on the bike. Yeah. Is the top the top women and men who are in the sport who are performing winning? Are they are there some of them or all of them or are they looking at this stuff as well? Mindset, nutrition, training. Yeah, I think they well they have to be to some extent. Yeah, for sure. You would think the number one, like you would think the top would be like. I think like the guys who are at the top in our sport, and that was one of the things we spoke about at at our camp was like there is a certain level of natural ability there yeah um but essentially it's their environment that has allowed them to get to that top level so maybe they just are naturally gifted at being fully present in the moment and they're not not suffering any sort of anxiety about what if this happens what if that happens did i train enough blah blah blah. yeah um some people are just naturally i guess gifted in that respect um I know that, like, at the really top level, like in the States, that they're definitely working on that stuff for sure, yeah. without a doubt. Some riders have, like, a mental coach. Yeah, I was going to say, I would have thought, like, like any, pretty much any sport, which is cool because it'd be, it'd be great to showcase, like, you know, podcasts with them or, bring like, to bring, bring the awareness up around yeah. what's really going on. I think, and that's probably, there is still, like, a certain amount I'm not like certain, but in our sport, like there, some people are just natural freaks. Like they're just freaking freaky on a bike, and yeah. they don't. Maybe they don't eat very well. Maybe they don't train very well, but they're just 
a freak. Yeah. They can just do it. Yeah. Um, so some kids kind of look up to that and, and think, oh, that's, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. I guess that's a, a bit of my thing is trying to show them, well, this is another way you can do it. Or if yeah. you're not a freak, naturally. Or if you have like, you know, I'm reminded of one of um, my grandparents on my mum's side who both passed. They had this, a friend, this guy, Ray, who I remember meeting when I was little. He was uh, in California. He was a, um, he was like a state rodeo champion. He could do like tricks with ropes and stuff. Yeah. And motocross. And then he had a kid and uh, I think his name was, I think his name was Jack. And the kid was like five and I was like nine or something at the time. And they built a, a track outside this kid's house. And he was like four or five, like launching, like yeah. it was a freak. <laughs> and he went, ended up going on to be like sponsored by Red Bull and just went crazy. Yeah. Right. And it was like that, that he lived and breathed motocross. Yeah. And like he was rebuilding bikes, sponsored the whole thing from when he was, you could barely walk. Yeah. Um, but that early childhood conditioning or the context for the athlete wouldn't match, say, someone who's in a full-time job with a family in Melbourne who wants to imbibe some of that culture and get good at the sport. Exactly. And where I see what you come in is with that understanding of stress, which is really physiological load and perception and all of life. Yeah. To be able to have the understanding of the pro and that context and be able to say, look, you know, this is how we need to be able to think about it to play alongside them. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a cool place for you to step into both worlds, have that understanding. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think a lot of us look at people. <clears throat> so one of my friends in triathlon, he was, he had been competing and swimming since about five or something. By the time he was 18, he had already, just done so many races and I jumped into it, started training with this guy Yeah, and, and, um, I would keep up with him try to keep up and train. He ended up going on to win a world title in 2012 and I just went into deep adrenal fatigue yeah. <laughs> and it's like our worlds were not the same. And yeah. for me, I just tried to pattern match this guy yeah, yeah. and it got me great results in a compressed time yeah. until it didn't. Yeah. And what I needed was like someone like you to go, look, you know, this is yeah. the context or whatever. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what else, what else are you excited about? Um, I guess I'm excited after the, the, the workshop yesterday. Yeah. That was really cool. Like I've got some, I, I put out a bit of content could definitely be improved. I guess, I guess I'm excited to, like my, I guess my machine of content creation and getting clients is working, but learning what I learned yesterday and having a bit more structure around that, like it, 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 I guess that excites me to know that once I get this dialed in and nail it a bit better, that that process is going to, like it's going to get a whole lot better for me. Yeah. It's going to improve my results there. Yeah. I think for you, I get excited because you're in a sport where – you almost can build up like a, like a magazine almost of that cool, like, do you know what I mean? Like almost, you know, reposting cool footage of a top writer who you've spoken to, or like the entertainment value is 
potentially really high yeah. from the bike through to the brands, through to the nutrition and mindset, like the breathing. There's so many places to build out really engaging, like you watch the skateboarding world or the motocross world, any of those on social will just blow yeah. up because they're so fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas a lot of, you know, the gym sort of culture, if you just straight general pop, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, you've got to recreate, yeah, you've got to try to make funny or something. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you get to like, you know, get the GoPro or whatever and go out in the ride and then yeah, yeah. put something up talking about it. Yeah. Uh, which gets me super excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you doing, just maybe go into that quickly to bring value to the like people listening, are you doing all the content yourself? Like what is that looking like for you? Yeah, I definitely do it all myself for sure. Yeah. yeah do everything myself so i've got a podcast yeah um which i had like 15 episodes last year and yeah. then i kind of dropped off with it so Who do you tend to get on the podcast um <clears throat> had other writers yeah um a couple of nutrition guys had other coaches like that was a really cool thing i had coach rob beams who's he's like a like a high level motocross he coaches he's just like a performance coach like he trained he trains quite a few high level triathletes as well yeah but he does train some motocross dudes in, in the states no, in america he's yeah. from the states yeah so i hit him up to be on my podcast um which is really cool that was like i've used my podcast to learn a lot like i was just asking yeah, him cool. questions um at the end of the podcast we hit stop and he like hit me up to he's coming to Australia. Can I run a training camp over here? Can you help me organize it? We'll do it together. Um, and I want to have some like affiliated brands, affiliated facilities in Australia. Do you want to be one? So it was like opportunity. Yeah. Um, which if I hadn't have asked him to be on the podcast would never have happened. So, so just it's, it's the podcast itself is, and it was one of the things we talked about yesterday was just connections. Like it's, I've had so many little things evolve from my podcast. Mm -hmm. I've only done 15 episodes, um, but it's been really valuable. And like you say, like it is, it's just something I can refer people to. Like, it's like, I'll have a listen to this episode. We talked about that in this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I definitely, I need to get a bit more consistent with it this year. Um, so going to focus on the podcast a bit more and then I've just got my Instagram, Facebook pages. I do have a YouTube channel, but I don't really mm. put too much energy into that. My main one, when I first started, I was getting like, when I first started doing social media three years ago, I was getting like, and that's probably something important. Like I didn't even have a Facebook page three years ago. I'd yeah. never been on Facebook. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Like, was anti-social media. <laughs> yeah. So... I've only been doing it for three years. Um, I was getting like heaps of engagement on Facebook and bugger all on Insta, whereas now it's like completely flipped. Yeah. I'll get like hardly any engagement on my Facebook page, but Insta's like huge. Mm -hmm. So I still put everything from Insta, goes straight to Facebook anyway, but. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but Instagram's like, that's where I'm getting. Are you That's doing what, specific engagement work on Facebook separate to the posts that go? No. Yeah. So no. this is the thing, like, and I, I agree, I think it has flipped. I think the demographic or psychographic flipped as well. Yeah. But one thing you need to also, I think we need to go is like, okay, well, if, if I'm treating Facebook as basically a carbon copy paste of what I put on Insta. Yeah. 
does it make sense that the app, the Facebook, even though they're owned by the same company, is going to give me less engagement because yeah. what I'm basically doing is going like, here's my, yeah, not yeah. here's my, here's my trash from Insta, but yeah, yeah. I paste it, paste it, paste it. Yeah. Well, even if a person like looks, they've already seen, if they've gone from Insta to Facey, it yeah. pops up straight away and they've already seen it. So they're probably just like, Shh. yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you could, um, you could try a, a run of, if basically if you treat the platform as a standalone yeah. and go in and comment and engage on other people's thing as your page for three months and for Instagram and for mm. YouTube, then what does Facebook look like? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it probably still will underperform, but yeah. it's like giving that child a chance. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and then we all just kind of spray it everywhere. And then, yeah. but we tend to put more attention on the one that we are, diving deep on yeah for sure um with the podcast you know i think as a listener certainty hey like if it's every week subconsciously i know to look for it yeah um that's what i was thinking yes hey i'm gonna just start doing just me yeah if i don't have a guest because that's what that's what happened I, i had a few guests cancel just for things like things popped up couldn't make it happen and then I kind of lost that momentum. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking yesterday when we were talking about it. It's just like, if I don't have a guest, just bang out. Even if it's just like a 10-minute thing, like yeah. a tip, a, talking about mobility or an exercise or whatever. Yeah. It's still a piece of content that people yeah. are going to be able to engage in. Yeah, just a story or like yeah, it yeah. could be Ben's Chronicles, you know, from yeah. the last 10 years of motor, like, you know, some crazy story. From yeah, something. yeah. Um, Got plenty of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, because from the outside, like I, I plant the seed in my head if I was going to get into motocross, I would just be looking to devour anything that's part of the culture. Yeah. And then with that strength and, and mindset side as, as one element of it, yeah. um, you know, it might not be the mechanical aspect that you go into, but, you know, things to do with bikes, like gear, like it's all kind of relevant to that transformation I'd be looking to make as the the client so even for the podcast guests like you know you could interview x pro writers like the the dad of a kid who's you know up and coming or a designer of a bike or like it's so broad, it yeah, yeah, quite broad. Sure. um cool anything else you're excited about that's kind of focusing on the moment or? um no, I think that's it for, yeah, just, I'm going to, well, sort of always excited about training yeah. <laughs> myself. What do you feel, what's, what's your main training look like? Um, well, I tweaked my knee in June. Yeah. Um, pretty badly. Right. So, yeah, riding. Yeah. So I've, my focus has really been rehabbing that. Yeah. Um, so like the stuff we did at the movement collective yesterday, I loved and that like real movements kind of got a bit of that involved in it. Yeah. But I've, since I've done my knee, my focus has been like predominantly on fixing it. So I've been putting like tons of volume into lower body work and strengthening my knee up. Yeah. Um, but I do lo- like, I love that. I love the mobility stuff and hand balancing and stuff on the rings as well. So yeah, I definitely want to, it's hard for me balancing all of that. Like, I honestly enjoy strength training more 
probably more than cardio. But for our sport, like you have to maintain a decent pace of cardio training. So yeah, so it's it's balancing the cardio stuff with the strength training and and like yeah, even though I've got a gym at home, I've still got a young family, so. I'm just like anyone else. Like I have to prioritize my training time. Mm. I don't have hours and hours every day to train. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to prioritize it around my business and around my family time to actually get it done Yeah, and make sure it's like, um, it's like, I'm not wasting my time. Yeah. It's efficient. Yeah. Um, so a, a lot, a, like in all honesty, lately I have been doing very similar to my programs that I'm putting in my race ready. Cool. Uh, just so I know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer on like if I'm not going to prescribe something to someone that I've never done, sort of thing. Like I know I need to know that it it works. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the stuff I've learned for my knee from ATG, like Athletic Truth Group, I've been like I've put that into my programs. Um. Which is a lot. It's like a lot of lower body focused knee. It's a few isolation exercises for like ankles and knees, which are massive in motocross and mm-hmm. off-road. Mm-hmm. And generally people don't train them. Yeah. I would, they get some level of training when you're doing a compound movement, but it's not sort of isolating the. Yeah. So, yeah, excited about that just to, I guess, for myself, getting my knee back. It's nearly there, but I want to do some racing myself this year Yeah. is the goal. Yeah. Um, so getting on getting this knee back up to where it needs to be yeah and then yeah i can get get a few races under my belt as well yeah that always helps i think too to like document that process absolutely blogs yeah. or videos or whatever because then we get to follow along and yeah kind of engage exactly um yeah. you mentioned your knee any other crazy injuries that you've had that you want to share that are kind of <laughs> interesting stories i've been pretty lucky man really like considering compared to some people i broke both my wrists when I was 20. At the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Over the handlebars trick and snapped both my wrists pretty badly. Shit. One was really bad. Um, it was like dislocated, both broken, and the joint was shattered into six pieces, so they had to reconstruct it. It was really cool. I got the dude who um, rebuilt Ricky Ponting's thumb, the cricketer, yeah. the Aussie captain, he was the dude who fixed my wrist, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's it really like I've had little other little injuries like sprained ankles AC joint in my shoulder things like that yeah but as far as major injuries go that I've only done my wrist been KO'd a few times a yeah. couple of times that's <laughs> um, so I've been, I've been like in all honesty I've been lucky yeah yeah hectic yeah okay man well um, it's probably a good place to wrap it up so I guess if you're interested in just uh, listening, <laughs> some really good takeaways, I think, on just on diving into your niche. <clears throat> a lot of times people are afraid to niche down. Like that's the main thing that happens. Yeah. I want to help people. It's where it starts. And then yeah. I want to help people in wellness. Oh, and then, uh, you know, maybe some training. Um, I think when you, when you go narrow, all of a sudden, you know, we touch on it here, but like the language you get to speak, you're speaking to one, like you're speaking to one tribe and um, the visuals and the media and the way you film and the way, like it starts to be that instead of looking across at all sorts of gyms and things like that, you get to like go into 
the thing that you love, you know, and showcase this whole world. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're listening, it's like, how can you, how can you, you're not necessarily, if you're a cafe, you're not necessarily competing against cafes. It's like you are creating a space and experience and transformation in a world for a specific audience. And maybe it's like the, um, hard rock cafe, right? Like they blew up. It was like music more yeah. than it was cafe. Food, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it's a whole world. Uh, so if you did enjoy it, feel free to send it along, check out Ben's work, hundred percent strength and get across that. And if you have any questions for Ben, send them along to him. We'll contact you directly. Yeah, for sure. Be more than happy to help. Yeah. That's what I'd say for people. Like if you just to get really clear on that niche and then just don't be afraid to once you're really clear on it and you like you fully believe in it just stay the path yeah and keep going like it, it will pay dividends in the long run yeah i've spoken about that to a few people it's like it's two parts like you have to niche down yeah you don't have to but it really helped yeah yeah and then once you niche down it's like that pie went the pie chart went real narrow so to then you have to over communicate mm. it's like then you need to go really hard on because if you niche down and say nothing it's kind of hard because yeah. all of a sudden you just went from gin pop to, to micro <laughs> but then your your voice is non-existent yeah it's like you need to niche down and then get a megaphone out yeah. and you talk to all of that niche for your case globally which yeah. is pretty cool yeah um so it's uh back to the communications i suppose <clears throat> yeah for sure uh cool man thanks so much yeah thank appreciate you appreciate your time yeah appreciate have a safe trip awesome opportunity yeah cool all right uh that's it for today's episode thanks for listening this is john marsh you're listening to access potential podcast the work that we've done around the the listening the empathy um even pausing you know kind of all these elements like they're invaluable um, and the fact that we get to practice them every day just means we keep getting better and we keep creating better relationships, better connections. Um, and I truly really believe this is the reason, you know, why our business is thriving because it's something that no one else is doing. If you're running a small business, carving your own path in particular, if you're in a people-facing business, you might be interested in checking out the Access Potential Academy. We're rolling into year two the first round was epic in 2019. In this peer-to-peer -peer program, we teach leaders how to lead more powerfully, how to create excellent work and make a stand for great relationships. We're focusing on what are called soft skills, yet in reality, they are real skills and they are becoming very quickly the differentiators for those who are building long and lasting and successful businesses that work. So if you're interested in finding out more, you can head to the website where there's some details, johntmarsh.com, or just send me a quick email and we can connect. I'd love to find out more about what you're looking to create in 2020. Thanks for listening.